This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C., Pisstown. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Looks like Barack Obama is placing his bets on another loser. He has come out and endorsed his former vice president, Joe Biden. Not a big surprise here. We know Barack Obama worked behind the scenes to ensure that Biden was the nominee. He got what he wanted. He's endorsing Biden. And uh, as I argued on Twitter and people are mad at me, uh, Barack Obama is going to deliver Trump a re-election as a result of this, just like he delivered Trump the first election. You can't discount the influence that Barack Obama has on the Democratic Party and how he's used that influence to ensure that the party nominates a loser each time. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't help but notice in that part of his video where he said he would run a different campaign now than the campaign he ran in 2008. And uh, no kidding, dude, you hang out with billionaires now. They're your friends. You were only acquaintances before. Now you windsurf with Richard Branson. Hope and change is bad now, as uh, Joe Biden admitted to donors in comments that were reported. Nothing is going to fundamentally change. The praise for Bernie at the end of the video, it was just so superficial. I mean, over and over again, Barack Obama and Democrats have had the chance to fight for uh, things that benefit poor people and working people and uh, programs that aren't just a complicated mess of fucking means-tested bullshit where if you improve your life slightly, suddenly you lose these benefits. So why bother? <laughs> anyway. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's one way to interpret uh, Barack Obama's comments about his platform being different this time around. I guess a more generous interpretation was Barack Obama maybe claiming he'd uh, be a little bit more to the left than his 2008 platform since the party as a whole has moved to the left. And if that's the case, then that is the reason to endorse someone like Bernie Sanders, who has played the main role in moving the party to the left. Uh, And it would be a reason not to endorse Joe Biden, who's running a campaign to return the party back to where it was uh, in 2008. Any thoughts on Congress announcing they're not coming back, or at least the House announcing they're not coming back until May 4th, uh, several weeks from now? That will probably mean uh, another 20 million or so people unemployed by then. Of course, maybe we don't want them back, considering that last time they were here, they just uh, cut a couple trillion dollars for the biggest companies in the world in the form of a bailout. Yeah, and, and they would probably do that again. And they I think they still can do that again, as long as leaders agree on the terms of the bailout legislation. They can ram it through pro forma or uh, whatever they call it. And I, I do think it's weird that they are not on the Hill, sort of in their offices, uh, practicing social distancing and also taking calls with the media and uh, taking interviews and trying to keep the public abreast of what's going on and also trying to hold the administration to account, considering that uh, this is just shaping up to be a ridiculous 
bonanza for the rich as everything always is in this country. All right, let's get on to the rest of the show. It's Tuesday, April 14th, 2020. Here's the news. An update on the Small Business Administration's Rescue Fund, the so-called Paycheck Protection Program. On yesterday's show, we mentioned how it guarantees salaries up to $100,000. Some of the richest people in the country make that kind of money, puts them around the 90th percentile in terms of income. Well, today it was reported that finance dicks are trying to take advantage of the SBA program. There was a report in Bloomberg this morning on hedge funds applying for certification from the agency. Banks and insurance companies are barred from the program, but the rules are ambiguous around hedge funds and private equity firms. Even though they're paid to manage risk for a living, the report noted that the hedge fund industry derives its name, quote, from the premise it can generate gains even when markets fail. Oops. As you might recall, this Paycheck Protection Program is authorized to forgive loans up to 100%. Companies can qualify for the free money if they use it on staff. One head of an investment firm told Bloomberg he was thinking about getting SBA money for his receptionist and office manager with others teleworking. Donald Motschwiller is head of First New York, a trading firm that manages $2.9 billion in assets. In related news, unregulated non-bank lenders are trying to get in on the SBA action, but from the other side of the ledger, NBC News reported yesterday that small business advocates are complaining about an increase in online lenders marketing with SBA language, even though they don't participate in the agency program, basically predatory lending. The report noted borrowers could be stuck with interest rates between 60 and 400%. Some online lenders are being approved for the SBA program. Only three so far, PayPal, Square, and QuickBooks, were deemed qualified on Friday. Lord knows who else will try to get in on this. Patreon, for all we know. Uh, If they do, we would try to get our dear listeners uh, staff positions so we could get them free money. But as far as I know, SBA calculates this by looking at employment records that stretch back to February So uh, unfortunately, dear members, I don't think we together will be able to get money out of the SBA uh, by putting you on staff. Either way, all this e-lending now more than ever makes it clear why Mark Zuckerberg wants that Facebook currency. Those who might want in on the money are going to need a top-up from Congress The SBA was given $349 billion for its Paycheck Protection Fund in last month's stimulus package. Reports indicate that the money will be gone this week. I'm sure Congress will come running with a truckload of money, no doubt. This country cannot run without its small business tyrants running everywhere, uh, enforcing the rules, keeping labor discipline, making sure their workers are underpaid and scared and feeling like they should be kissing ass more, quite frankly, because this isn't so much a small business. This is actually part of a family. You're part of a family. So anyway, I guess that's the good news for the for the lenders and everyone else is that, yeah, this money is, is probably going to come. It's probably going to come. Very cool news. Government agencies can now launch retaliatory investigations into whistleblowers. 
That's the ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. It was handed down on Monday and sets a precedent that could muzzle future exposure of government wrongdoing. At the heart of the case is former Veterans Affairs Facility Director Leonard Sistek, who in 2014 made protected disclosures to an inspector general about contracting and spending irregularities at the department. Those disclosures were eventually validated by the inspector general. However, after issuing the complaints, Sistek became the subject of an agency investigation, and he was later reprimanded after that probe turned up that Sistek did not report an inappropriate relationship between a colleague of his and a subordinate. This, again, wasn't a relationship that Sistek was involved in. He was essentially punished for not uh, narking out a relationship co-workers were involved in. Sistek argued that the department probe into him was motivated by retaliation. He took his case to the Merit Systems Protection Board, where he lost. The board determined that retaliatory investigations didn't fall under violations of the Whistleblower Protection Act, since they don't necessarily constitute changes in someone's pay, position, or work environment. Sistek appealed to the Court of Appeals, which on Monday upheld the board's decision. The court agreed that, quote, a retaliatory investigation in and of itself does not qualify as a personnel action within the meaning of the Whistleblower Protection Act. That's despite the fact that Sistek was able to show how the investigation created a hostile work environment and a significant change to his job. The three judges on the panel who heard the case were all appointed by Democratic presidents, two by Obama, one by Clinton. The coronavirus stimulus package contains a backdoor tax cut for the super wealthy. I'm noticing a theme in today's episode. This is according to the Washington Post, which reported on the matter this morning after getting an advanced look at a report from a congressional watchdog. The Joint Committee on Taxation is set to release its findings later today. The benefits are set to be worth some $90 billion this year alone. Only 3% go to people making under $100,000. About 82% will go to taxpayers who earn more than $1 million annually. There are just 43,000 of them, a country of 330 million. So the average benefit paid to millionaires, and I'm going to talk through this because it seems like a lot even by neoliberal health standards, you have $90 billion in benefits, 82% of them going to millionaires, there are 43,000 millionaires getting these benefits. So the average benefit to these millionaires is 82% of 90 billion divided by 43,000. And that equals $1.7 million. Each millionaire is going to get $1.7 million through this plan. Is that right? Is there something I'm missing? Seriously, call the fucking rant line if I did my math wrong. These benefits stem from tweaks to Republicans' 2017 tax bill, which was itself a giveaway to the rich, as you probably remember. Specifically, the benefits in the coronavirus stimulus come from the restoration of write-offs to corporate pass-through entities, so-called corporate pass-through entities. These write-offs were eliminated to help pay for the tax cuts for the rich, uh, just moving beans from one account to the next just to make sure that the rich had their tax cuts. Well, now we need more tax cuts for the rich, evidently. Uh, so it's time to bring back the write-offs for pass-through entities. And finally today, the coronavirus scammers are undeterred. 
We reported a few weeks ago how the Federal Trade Commission was cracking down on seven companies claiming they had coronavirus cures. Well, today the agency sent notices to 10 more companies prohibiting them from continuing to market COVID-19 cures. According to the FTC press release, these companies were hawking things like so-called antivirus kits, silicone face brushes, and IV doses of vitamin C, all claiming that they healed people from coronavirus or prevented them from acquiring it. The companies have to submit evidence to the FTC within 48 hours that they've stopped selling products as coronavirus therapies, and the company's social media profiles are now being watched by the FTC to ensure that fraudulent products aren't still being marketed. According to the FDA, there is currently no product available on the market to prevent or treat COVID-19. And that is going to conclude the newscast for today. Look ahead at the rest of the week. We've got a brand new chip chat coming out tomorrow to discuss how the U.S. empire is operating during the COVID pandemic. Uh, You can also catch us on Thursday on Means TV for Means Morning News, which is also now a podcast. That's right. You can listen to Means Morning News for free on all podcasting platforms by searching means morning news very exciting stuff we've got the subscriber garbage can show coming out on friday we're here in dc so you don't have to be